Today's reading is taken from the book of James, chapter 1, verses 19 to 27. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word, but does not do what it says, is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror, and, after looking at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious, and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. This is God's word. A little later on in his letter, uh, James writes these words of God, but he gives us more grace. But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Father, we want to this morning claim that, that promise to humbly depend on you and to ask you to give us the grace that we need. We praise you for the grace that we have received through your son, Jesus Christ, but we need more grace to live for you by your word. So please, as we now look into that word, would you do that spiritual work and give us what we need to bring glory to your name? And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, for those who are regular here, you'll know that on the outline on the back uh, of the uh, the order of service, there's an outline uh, for, to help us as we look at this part of uh, the Bible together this morning. But let me begin with uh, perhaps what is an, a tough question, might even be an unfair question for some. How are your New Year's resolutions going? 7th of January, seven days in, are they still holding firm or have you like me, already crashed and burned. Now, not everyone is a fan of New Year's resolutions. Some think that they're silly or worldly or unnecessary. We're Christians, after all. We have the Holy Spirit. We don't need to jump on board with these uh, self-help, self-improvement bandwagons, especially if you're going to fall off it straight away before the end of the week. Others are perhaps a little bit more relaxed about these things. Having a peg like a a turning of the new year to hang a lifestyle change on, or even as a focus for uh, repentance is useful. It's practical, so so why not? And certainly on first impressions, it sounds as if James, who is the author of this uh, letter that we're looking at, the leader of the first church in Jerusalem, it sounds as if he's advocating a New Year's resolution lifestyle change. Have a look with me again at at how our reading begins, verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. 
because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. James is saying, make 2018 the year that you learn to listen, the year that you think before you speak, the year as a result of those changes you get into fewer arguments with those that you converse with, get less angry with other people, In short, make it the year that you produce the sort of righteousness that God desires. Now, I'm sure quite a few of us here this morning would really benefit from making those kinds of changes in our lives, as would the people that know us and have to speak to us or or listen to us. They'd love it if we were more like that. And the 7th of January isn't perhaps too late to start, to resolve to be a politer calmer, more thoughtful version of yourself in 2018, except that our theme for Commission Sunday at the start of this year is not, let's all be nice to each other. It is, we live by the word of God, which is actually what James is really talking about in these verses. He's not giving us top tips on polite conversation He's urging his readers to live by the word of God. Have a look uh, with me at the verse just before our reading, verse 18 of James chapter 1. Speaking of God our Father, he says, He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of firstfruits of all he created. And then have a look at the verse just after Verse 20, verse 21, therefore get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Or verse 22, do not merely listen to the word. And all of that must mean, I think, that the listen in verse 19 refers to this same word, the word of truth planted in us by God. So James is not talking here about how we relate to each other, the importance of listening to other people, the benefits of staying calm and not getting angry. He's not giving us New Year's resolutions for a better version of ourselves. He's talking about how we as Christians relate to the word the importance of listening to the word. He's telling us how to live by the word of God. And here in this passage for us this morning, he's identified two significant problems that we can can run into when we try and and do this in our Christian lives, when when we try and live by the word of God. Two problems with Two solutions, wonderfully, to those problems. And then at the end of the passage, three tests to see whether we really have put these problems behind us, to see whether we really are living by the word of God or if we just think we are. The first problem that uh, James spots when, when Christians try and do this, when we try and live by the word of God, the first problem is pride. Pride. Have a look again. Uh, at those opening two verses with me. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. 
because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Those verses are not describing an external problem with human relationships. They're actually describing an internal problem with our relationship with God through his word. They're describing the problem of pride. So when James says in verse 19, be, be quick to listen, he, he means be quick to listen to the word that God has planted in you when you heard and believed the gospel. Be, be quick to listen to that inner guidance, that inner conviction, that, that inner encouragement that that word planted in you has brought into your life. What might that look like in practice? I think it might look something like this. If, if you're a, a Christian, then as you read this, the Bible, God's word written down, so it resonates with God's word planted in you. That there's a spiritual connection between God's word in scripture and God's word in you, a, a resonation, a resonance. Why? Well, because they're both written by the same author. They both find their origin in God. And James says you need to be quick to listen to that word, to, to live by that word. You need to be slow, slow to speak, which again is, is internal. If the listening is internal, I take it here, so is the speaking. So when James is saying, what James is saying is when you, when you listen to God's word, as, as you read God's word, be slow to say, I know all this. I, I, I understand all that already. I've already done James. I know James. Or be slow to say, I'm not sure I like the sound of what I'm hearing. Or I really don't want to hear this. Make sure you don't stop listening to the things that you don't want to hear from God's word. That you don't talk over that convicting, challenging voice. That you don't drown it out with your own ideas, your own justifications of why this doesn't exactly apply to you your own reasons for not listening to what you know God is saying to you. If you're anything like me, you know how easy that is to do. In fact, I do that so much of the time. I am so slow and reluctant to listen and so quick to defend myself, the bar of Scripture, quick to deflect the light that is being shone into my life through God's word. And eventually, if I'm really wrong and God is really insistent, I'm quick to become angry, to get annoyed with him for telling me I'm wrong, for, for showing me I'm wrong so clearly and calling me to put it right. And of course, you'll know if you've tried this as a Christian, if you live like this, if you relate to God's word like this, then verse 20, you won't produce the righteousness that God desires. You won't be able to. 
And the longer that you go on living like that, relating to God's word like that, the more your life will get clogged up with what James calls in verse 21, very strong, moral filth, evil. It's not that you don't have God's word planted in you. It's not that you're not reading it for yourself, that you're not listening to it, hearing that voice. You're not acting on it. You're not, verse 21, accepting its presence, its power, its authority in your life. And ultimately, if you go on like that, then in you or not, it won't, verse 21, be able to save you. Now, I've called this whole problem that James is is dealing with pride, and, and I think this is the first mention of it, which is pretty hopeless. But I hope you've recognized, as I've been unpacking it, that actually it's pride that is behind all of it. The problem of, of listening, but then speaking over, drowning out. The problem of getting angry with being convicted of sin. The problem of moral filth and evil. They're all the symptoms of, they're all the result of pride. I know better. I know better than God on this or that. I don't have to listen to God on this or that. The problem is pride. And so the solution, James says, is humility. Verse 21, humbly accept the word planted in you, which can, if you do, save you. What does humility look like in practice? Being quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Not, not saying, I know better, I know better than you, God, but listening and receiving that word and changing, realizing that there is a need to change and accepting that, embracing that when it's pointed out to you. And then living that change out by the word planted in you. When you do that, and, and you can only do that with humility, well then what you find is that you do produce the righteousness that God desires. That's pride. But there's, there's a second problem that James sees will, will stop his, his readers living by the word of God. And he deals with it and the solution in, uh, you can see, verses 22 to, to 25. And, and the second problem is this. It's the problem of listening but without doing. Inactivity. Have a look at, uh, with me at verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. Now, the problem here that James is outlining is a slight improvement. At least there's some listening going on. But that's all there is. There's no doing. And so in the end, it doesn't really make any difference. You're still not accepting that word, not living by it. And so actually, you're, you're no better off than before. And if anything, this is a more dangerous problem to have than pride. 
Because, says James in verse 22, by merely listening but not doing, you can very easily deceive yourself into thinking you are living by God's word when you're not. Verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. It's very, very simple. If you don't do it, you're not living by it. You might think you are, but you're not. And you can see straight away, can't you, why that would be a dangerous problem for any Christian to have. I think you can also see why perhaps that is the most well-known verse in the whole letter, because what James is saying in verse 22 is so obvious. But for some reason, James uh, feels that he needs an illustration. James loves his uh, illustrations, and there's no need as a preacher to let a really clear point that everyone gets and understands stop you from using a completely gratuitous illustration. And we've heard it already in the children's time uh, with the mirror. Unfortunately, the illustration is not quite as clear as the point itself. It runs from verse 23 to 25. And, and in the illustration, James contrasts the problem with the solution. The problem of listening without doing and so being deceived. And the solution of listening and then doing and so being blessed. Have a look at verse 23. We've heard these words already this morning. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. It's a, it's a wonderful illustration. We've seen it, um, acted out for us. It's an, it's an everyday illustration that he uses and maybe not just every day, maybe several times a day, depending on, uh, your level of vanity, how often you feel the need to look in a mirror. And you go and you look and it's the right place to look. It shows you what you're like. We saw that with the big mirror and the children. And you look carefully and you see the jam on your face. And you see the the spinach stuck in your teeth. And uh, you see the spot on the end of your nose. But then you walk away and you forget, as we saw Ben forgetting earlier. You forget the jam and the spinach, and the spot. But that is not the problem that James is trying to illustrate. The problem is, having forgotten, you don't do anything. It's the lack of action that's the real problem. It's the seeing without doing. The listening without action. So you don't wipe off the jam. You don't floss your teeth. You don't deal with that spot on the end of your nose. With the mirror, you see clearly and accurately, but you don't do. And with God's word, you hear clearly and accurately, but you don't do. And it's deceptive, says James in verse 22, because you really have spent time In God's word, listening attentively. And you've reached a point in that activity where you do see yourself 
as you are in the light of God's word. You, you do see the things in your life that need to change, the things in your life that will need to, to move away from. It's just that you don't move. You don't make those changes. And that, says James, is, is a dangerous way to live. You think you're living by the word when you're not. You're merely listening to the word. That's the problem of, of listening without doing. And then in verse 25, James moves on to the solution. And it's the other half of the illustration to illustrate what listening and doing is like, what, what living by the word really looks like. So, the solution, listening and doing. And really, right from the start, James abandons the illustration. Maybe he felt it wasn't going quite as well as he'd hoped. And so he just says it straight. Just says it straight in verse 25. But, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Here's the solution. Here's practically how we can live by the word in our lives. Look into it. Listen to it. And yes, listen intently in verse 25. That's a little word that the NIV translation has added. It's not in the original. But it's not intensity. It's not the intensity of the look that makes the difference here. The difference comes in the next phrase, in verse 25. Not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it. That's what was missing before. Turning words that we read on a page into actions that we do in life. Commands into obedience, promises into trust. If you do that, if you listen and continue to listen, that is, this becomes an ingrained life habit, and remember, and then do, put into practice, well, then what you find is that this word that God has given to us is, as James says in verse 25, a perfect law. What do you find if you obey a perfect law? You're repressed and restricted and frustrated and diminished by it? No. You find freedom and you find blessing. Verse 25, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Which when you stop and think about it is obvious, isn't it? When we do and continue to do what we've been made to do, what we've been saved to do. When we live our lives in obedience to God's word, we enjoy freedom and blessing. 
And many of us here this morning know that from personal experience. We know what James is saying is absolutely true. We have experienced the freedom and the blessing that comes and that can only come to us as humans by obedience to the word of God. The question is, how can we tell we're getting this right? How can we we tell we're, we're, we're doing that, listening and doing? Especially when James has made it so clear how easy it is to be deceived on this issue. To think we're accepting this word when in reality we're doing nothing of the sort. Well, to help us with what can be a very slippery issue, James gives us in verses 26, 27, three tests, three examples of the sort of righteousness that God desires to see in us. It's not exhaustive, it's just illustrative, some examples of the sorts of righteousness that he longs to see growing in our lives as we live in accordance with his word. Each one of these little tests is taken up and expanded uh, later on in the letter. The first test comes in verse 26 and it's expanded in the first half of chapter 3, later in the letter. Let me read verse 26. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Often in our circles, religion or being religious has got extremely negative connotations. It's the last thing many of us would want to be. Here, it simply means putting your faith into practice. So, for example, says James, speech. What we say, how we say it, reveals what's going on inside. It's a very accurate barometer. If if our talk is not tightly reined and under our control, but loose and unkind, well, don't be deceived, says James, You may consider yourself religious, that is, someone who puts their faith into practice. But in reality, that faith is is worthless. It's worth nothing to you. It's worth nothing to those you speak to like that. Worst of all, it's worth nothing to God. That word may have been planted in you. You may well be listening carefully, but you're not doing it. Second test. This is the first part of uh, verse 27. This is expanded in in the next chapter, chapter 2, and uh, also in chapter 5. Verse 27. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. If we read in God's word, help the helpless... Look after those who are vulnerable, which it does say quite often. And then we don't, which very often we don't. James says God does not accept our religion. That is the the genuineness of our faith. If we won't accept his word on this issue, for example... He won't accept us as the genuine article. The problem is we just don't believe James when he says something like that. We're slow to listen 
and quick to make our excuses. Third test, again, verse 27. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Now, the world here is just James's shorthand for all those who are not seeking to live by God's word. And this test is, is expanded later in the letter. It might be just worth turning, uh, not least just to warm up a little, uh, to chapter 4 and verse 4. Where this same idea of being infected, polluted by the world is touched on again. Chapter 4 in very strong, very strong language. Chapter 4, verse 4. You adulterous people, he's thinking spiritually here, not uh, sexually. You adulterous people, unfaithful to God, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Now, friendship with the world does not mean being a friendly person. It means sharing the values of living by this world's standard, a world that is not wanting to live by the word of God. Friendship like that with the world brings spiritual contamination, pollution. It makes you an enemy of God, not his friend. Apply the tests says James, please, please don't be deceived. Look to see, what are, you, what are you doing with this word of truth that has been planted in you? Make, make sure you're not failing to listen, not, not talking over what you hear, not, not justifying yourself, or worse, merely listening, merely listening going through the motions of hearing, but not doing. Because it's that kind of living that leads to deception and ultimately, terribly, to God's rejection. Make sure, James is saying, that you are listening to, accepting, remembering, and then doing his word. Because that kind of living leads not to rejection by God, but to his blessing. It leads, ultimately, to salvation. Apply the tests. Don't be deceived. It's too important for that. Make 2018 the year that we really do live by the word of God. The year that we really begin to experience the freedom and the blessing that that can bring into our lives. Well, why don't we take a a moment of quiet and then I'll lead us in in a prayer together. James writes in chapter 4, verse 6, but he gives us more grace. 
he gives us more grace. Father, we, we, we want to be people who are not deceived about what we're doing with your word. We, we don't want to be mere listeners, gripped by pride and, and inactivity. We want to be people who humbly open our lives to its truth, its demands, its promises. But we know that we need your help to do that. We know we need more grace. Please, would you give us that grace and enable us to see the the encouragements that you long to give us as we live like that this year. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.